everyone, and welcome again to another episode of the Semicast. My name's David Shack, and I'm here with Formula One expert Anthony Villeneuve Murphy, who's been racing around Albert Park all week. How's it going? I did race around Albert Park. I raced up to your work while the Formula One. I guess it's like time trials or practice. Or I would something. say probably practice. Yeah, when that happened, and there was extra trams. Um, were they going fast I, as well? They were no. I, the one I, was go, I was going to see you to pick up a piece of equipment that I'd loaned you, and yes. they were running extra trams, so they all just stopped at Albert Park. They didn't go all the way, and one guy was real mad about that. Um, <laughs> and so, because they, they they told everyone to get off the tram, so I got off. I was already a little bit annoyed because my boss had been messaging me saying, "Oh, this has just happened. Where are you?" It's like, "Well, I'm at lunch. I'm in a slow moving um, tram." While a guy yes. yells, "Yeah." So this guy gets off and says to the ticket inspectors or the inspectors, what the hell's going on? You know, it's my fucking tram, this and that. The guy very calmly explains that these are extra trams for the Grand Prix. And he looks at his little device and says, another tram will be along in four minutes. So just, you know, just calm down. And the guy walks off and says, oh, don't tell me to calm down or I'll fucking drop you. All right. Yeah, is really is, is that what you get mad about? That's where you draw the line. Is it late trams? Is where you start to incite violence? If there's one thing that the members of the St Kilda slash Albert Park community get all up in arms about, apart from the noise that is the Formula One, it is public transport and trams. Right. There seems to be a lot of angriness around that in the area. Yeah, yeah. I saw some sketchy people wandering around St Kilda when I was walking to your workplace. It can get pretty. Uh, mm. Let's just say interesting. Yeah, Homeless I thought people. South Melbourne was, was like sketchy with like kittens and it being shot at every now and then. Kittens being shot at? Yeah, like, not well, not actual kittens, but oh, the strip club kittens. Yeah, 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 okay, well. But no, St Kilda takes it to the next level. Either one of those shouldn't be ever shot at. Don't ever shoot at kittens or strippers. That's uh, St Kilda is the dark souls of, <laughs> of yeah. places. You try to move from one place to another and you die and you have to go back to where you save and you have to keep trying it a few times yep. until you get it right. One of the funny... Well, more ironic things that I've found that during the week is that because the Grand Prix is on, the speed limit around the track has been dropped from 60 to 40. So, whilst the cars within the area of Albert Park and the track are allowed to go faster, the cars on the outside have to actually go slower. I think oh, there's wow. some evening up that has to happen in the universe. Like, otherwise, the yes. Melbourne will spin off kilter and go into the there's ocean. There's only a certain amount of speed in the world and... Yeah. You have to free some up. And obviously, you know, they go around the track one way one year and then back around the opposite way the next year just to even it up. Do they? No, they don't. Right. I just didn't I don't want know to- much about Formula One. I threw that out there as a gag and I didn't want you to just to go off and tell somebody else yeah. that as a fact. <laughs> Maybe we should drop one- I would go and tell my wife and she'd believe me. Oh, yeah. Then two people would believe you and then there would be just another lie in the world. Yeah. False news. That's how it happens. As Trump would say, because, you know, he talks about the Formula One quite often. Mm. How was your week apart from the Formula One and almost getting stabbed on a tram? I bought an electric kettle today without meaning to. Did you? Yeah, we went to Aldi because they had garden above ground planters. Uh, you know how Aldi has that section in the middle where they just get weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, every just now whatever and then. they find on the back of the truck, they just jam in the middle yeah, and make yeah. up some signs for. It gets even weirder than that because some stores don't get everything. Ah. And so our store didn't get the planters that we wanted, so we we're just stuck at Aldi. And we saw they had kettles there, and I still got the kettle from when I was living in Surrey Hills, yeah. like seven or eight years ago. And it started to drip when you pour things from it, and it still works though. There's a whole separate rant about consumer electronics coming, but so we decided that today was the day that we would replace that kettle. You know, weirdly. You expect something that you buy to last forever, but I am genuinely surprised when things last more than five, ten mm. years. 
I was actually talking to my wife tonight and I was looking at our microwave while I was cleaning it out. I was thinking, we've had this microwave for 15 years and it's still working all right. I can't believe that it hasn't exploded or had something bad go wrong with it. I mean, it's got issues. I mean, the clock doesn't work because I think that happened during one lightning strike. But other than that, mm. it's all right. Yeah, well, it's not. that I guess both an electric kettle and a microwave aren't complicated pieces of machinery. There's not a lot of moving parts. Well, I mean, one of them at least throws out microwaves. It does, but it's a single unit that does it. It's not. I don't, actually, I don't know how a magnetron works because I'm, so I'm not about to get into that. But oh, so all of a you sudden know, you're not an expert at it, and previously no. you were. Yeah, that's right. Oh, fair enough. That's how it goes around here. Do you want to fight me? Because I'll drop you right <laughs> You'll now. Drop me right now. <laughs> oh wait, I feel like I'm on a tram in St Kilda. <laughs> yeah. When was um, the last time you actually caught public transport? Oh, uh, six months ago. That was only because right. I needed to put my car into service. I catch public transport maybe three times a year, and they line up with just times I need to get my car serviced. Mm, okay. I bought a kettle a few weeks ago, actually, and I found out that I've got really specific requirements for a kettle, or at least I don't have tolerance for bullshit in my kettle. Right. I, I went to Harvey Norman and I was walking along the little row of kettles and I picked one up and said, no, nope, that's going to be really hard to clean. And I picked another one up and said, no, nope, that one feels like it's really flimsy. And I picked up another one and I said, no, the lid doesn't open fast enough because mm. I want to click the button and I want the lid to go bing and pop up straight away and not go really, really slow because I just want to click the lid, fill it up with water, clack it down and stick it on and get some hot water. I didn't even know that that was a requirement of my kettles, but apparently it is. So, there were about mm. eight kettles there to choose from, and only one really met my criteria. And lucky it was a $50 one and not one of the $200 kettles. Yeah. I have a choice account, and the $200 kettles actually rate quite highly. Well, weirdly, I looked at a Smeg kettle, which was one of the $200 kettles. And you know how the kettles have a base that's got the little nub in the middle that you just can stick it on and you can go, kind of go 360 degrees and it doesn't really matter which way yep. you put it on and it just charges. Well, the Smeg kettle is kind of a square but with rounded corners and the bottom of the kettle is also a square with rounded corners. So, you still can put it on any 360 degree but the kettle won't line up with the base which mm. really bugs the shit out of me because if your kettle's square and the base is square, surely there should be some locking mechanism that lines them up for those people who just have that inbuilt thing that they can't have two things not lining up. Oh, you mean like mentally? Yeah. the um, what, Like obsessive compulsive disorder. That's the disorder. one, obsessive compulsive. I think everyone's a yeah. little bit obsessive compulsive. They are, but not enough to call. Like people who have obsessive compulsive disorder, like are, it affects their lives and they can't function. And it's, it's not just wanting to line all the paper clips up on your desk in a straight line because you find it pleasing. It's- no, I don't think that's actually fair to the actual people who have obsessive com- yeah. compulsive disorder. But on my account, it's kettles. I'm a, mm. I'm not obsessive compulsive with kettles. I'm just annoying about it, maybe. Mm. I was worried about buying one from Aldi because I've decided that cheap electronics can go fuck themselves. Oh, really? You and want this to is after? Well, like the kettle that this is replacing is like a Black and Decker kettle, which is a funny brand for kettles. Yeah, generally they I'm make like... grinders and drills. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I've got a Sunbeam. I had a Sunbeam. Or I've actually got still got a Sunbeam mixer that works. And so these are all sort of known Australian brand names that I guess came out of the 70s and the 80s. Like Goldstar. Um, well, Goldstar is different. Goldstar I would lump in with the people who are, who are making shit. So like, if like you've noticed Canbrook? recently- Are Canbrook still around? I'm not sure. I remember that they made a whole lot more stuff than what they do now. 
but I think you can yeah. still buy Cambrook power boards. Yes. So the thing is, is if you go to like Target or Kmart, especially Kmart, it's all house brands now. Yeah. Like there's very little other stuff. And it's just the cheapest crap that breaks after 12 months. And so I decided that I had enough of it and I got a choice membership and just started looking up exactly how long these things last for. And so I'm sort of trying to lean towards things like Sunbeam and Black and & Decker and things like that. But nobody carries them because they all carry their own house brands now. JB Hi-Fi, funnily enough, is a place to go <laughs> to get this stuff. JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman. I always found it weird that JB Hi-Fi was getting into white goods, but I can understand that if their music site is going down a little bit and you know mm. people aren't buying CDs and things that often, that they have to make money somewhere. And so, they, you know, they have gone into white goods, but maybe they are the place to buy them. I don't know. I've never bought a white yeah. good from JB Hi-Fi. Uh, yeah, we came close, but... One thing about having a choice membership is is that you go in with very specific, like, I want this exact model of this thing, and if it's, like, on the edge of being end of life, then good luck finding it. Because generally, yeah, like you say, when I go into JB Hi-Fi, I've kind of got my mind made up already what exactly I want to get, mm. and they're just a facilitator for me owning the product. Yep. I don't need any help. I've done all my research, and I th- I'm not sure how many people actually do- just go in there blindly and go, oh, I don't know, I need a TV. I'll just get the guy in the JB Hi-Fi to tell me the one I need to buy. Or are more and more people actually looking it up online? I have to think, I think that they are. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on the person. I, I wouldn't want to live in a world where people didn't look up TVs before they went and bought them. That's a very important purchase. I've never impulse bought a TV. Let's put it that way. No. I'd like no, to, maybe. I'd, I'd like to have the money or the inclination to just go, oh, I don't know. I was out. I bought a 65-inch plasma. Who knows? Sorry. The only time I'll impulse buy anything is when I need cheering up, and it's usually- Chocolate? Like well, chocolate. Cream. It used to be chocolate, but not after the past couple of months. I've been a bit on a diet. So. Like chocolate, ice creams, or microphones. <laughs> yeah. I figured out where I went wrong on all of my other diets as well. Like, this is the third time I've been back yeah. at this particular thing. And the problem is, is that you stop eating bad food, you log everything you eat, you lose 20 kilos- you feel great, and then you say, well, that's that, and then you sort of say, well, now I know how to eat healthy, but when you go out and have, like, pizza or McDonald's after that, you don't know what it does to your daily sort of how much energy you're supposed to take in. Yeah, So yeah. this time, what I'm doing is I'm actually still having that stuff, but I'm logging it all. So my wife and I went to KFC on Friday, and we logged that with everything else, and we looked at how much kilojoules it was, and we we'd sort of decided that, yeah, we're going to go a bit a bit over tonight. But um, it seems to be working so far. Just a matter of knowing what you can and can't have. So it's actually just you can eat dirty carbs and you can eat clean carbs and it, it all yeah. kind of works out because yeah. a carb is yeah. a carb is a carb, realistically. Yeah, re- re- that's pretty much. I mean, you kind of want to get some protein and some carbohydrates and some fat and you know keep those things fairly, I'm not going to say balanced because you should really get a lot less carbohydrates than we get in our diet. I mean, well, I'm no expert generally. Like, you you wouldn't mistake me for Michelle Bridges, and I'm not trying to push any diet on anybody. You shouldn't definitely not follow my diet. I mean, I don't eat badly, but I don't, you know, I'm not- You really enjoy food. I enjoy some food, and- There you go. I enjoy some drinks and stuff, but, you know, I know when enough's enough, and I know when I've kind of tipping up the scales a little bit much, and I need to maybe calm it down for a week or two, but, you know, it's working out. Yeah, well, that's that's usually the way it goes. Once you get down to whatever you need to get down to, you can um, you can sort of have bad stuff, but you just need to make sure you keep an eye on how it's going. You, you can't then go, well, that's that. The other thing I did was lift weights yesterday morning, um, and I moved from my usual program to uh, a more 
let's say, aggressive program. Are you doing what Goldberg's doing to prepare for WrestleMania? I saw a WWE video during the week of Goldberg lifting weights. And he's actually, he he does a thing because he's Goldberg. And he, you know how those machines that you uh, put your legs on and you can raise them up or push them down and they kind of do the little rotatey thing. And he's just doing that, but with his neck. He puts his head in a machine and he's kind of <laughs> like pushes his head from vertical to horizontal with just more weight than I can even lift as a in a bench press. And right. um, I mean, that's probably good if you're getting dropped on your head a lot. I think that's probably mm. a muscle that you want to get strong, but it looked quite intense. Is that what you're doing? Head no. workouts? No, a little bit that more. That sounded bad. I you get, shouldn't be doing yeah. those either. I'm I'm doing those, but headwork. Okay, okay, sure. Yeah, but that's for um, yeah, that's not is. for losing weight. You know, I'm just doing sort of regular sort of squats and things like that. But <laughs> this this thing I've got, it's like I've moved from starting strength to five by five, which are two different programs. And and five by five is telling me you'll be lifting ninety kilos in twelve weeks. And it's like like hell, I will be. Is five by five the exercises that Faith does in Buffy? No, I don't understand that reference. Oh, you haven't. Okay, never mind. About three people who watch this show just laughed. So it's okay. My wife will understand that reference when she <laughs> listens to this podcast. Carry on. How many kilos? 90. Yeah. I don't even own 90 kilos of weights. How much can you lift? How much can you bench? Come on. Uh, Impress us with the figures. If I really- Cold hard steel. 20, 20, 20 kilos if I really- I mean, it depends on how many reps you want me to do. <laughs> just one. I just want you to lift it once. One? Yeah. Uh, I could probably do 65 kilos. That's pretty good. Mm. That's 65 one-litre cartons of milk, if you put yes. it in that. That's how I visualise weight, as yeah. in cartons of milk. I don't know why. You're just going to the supermarket and putting cartons of milk into into a, a bag and trying to lift them. Yeah, I think I've only ever had to carry four cartons of milk. I don't think the opportunity has ever arisen that I would have to cart 60 of them around over my head, but- that's how I visualize it. You need a larger bag. I do, or a big trolley. Mm. That could combine trolleys and workouts, and so that you're um, pushing your trolley around, but then there's a section where you kind of have to do kind of dumbbell curls with milk and things if they made a, a trolley arrangement that had the right apparatus. Yeah. Well, they, they used to, that's what they, well, not with milk, but those big circular weights you see on old cartoons as they used to be filled with either shot or water. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, there's precedent for it. I've got a couple that are just concrete covered with plastic. Yeah, I mean, I've always liked the metal ones that are almost like a hexagon, but only because I would always be scared that their weights would roll away. So the hexagon, Mm. I think, stops that. Uh, Last time I was attempting to lose some weight, I wanted to do it without exercising because I knew I could never keep up exercising. So I just stopped eating as much. It seemed to work out. Yeah, yeah. We did that for the first two months. We just, we very rarely worked out. It would be like, oh... I would really like to eat a biscuit right now, and then you just hop on the bike for half an hour, and yeah. say, well, that you know, balance it out. I didn't even do that. I just didn't eat the biscuit. So, well, right. I'm probably not going to work that biscuit off by sitting watching TV. So I just want to have that biscuit. Yeah, still, I've gone down a size in jeans, and I'm almost fitting back into large t-shirts again. Cool. That's always the worst part about losing weight is eventually going. Oh, I need a whole new wardrobe, and I hate shopping anyway. Mm. That's actually the most incentive to keep your weight, or for me is the <laughs> fact that I'm going to have to do shopping again. So, it's like, all right, I'm going to buy my clothes and I'm going to stay at this weight because I fucking hate shopping. Yeah. The way I do shopping most of the time is I just buy T-shirts over the internet with things on them. I just go, all right, I'll have a medium. Thanks. 
and they yes. ship it out and I wear it and I go, oh, this is a tight medium or, hey, this is a loose medium. Why can't mediums <laughs> be mediums? You're wearing medium? Jeez. I've yeah. got a long way to go. Yeah. You get there eventually. Mm. I'm not bragging. I've never lost weight for the fashion or for the looks. It's just been, oh, I'm a bit uncomfortable today. I'm leaning the, um, funny and it's hurting. That shouldn't happen. The starting strength book, the guy who wrote that, he's a, a sort of a, a strength trainer, said you don't need to run and, and jump and, and attack things for food anymore, but how much you weigh will determine the quality of life that you have while you inhabit the body that you have. <laughs> so that's a pretty good reason to yeah, I suppose to sort of do it. One of the things I found that I – so I dropped – I think I was 90 once, and I dropped mm. from 90 to about 68 when, yeah. It was over a course of a, a fair amount of time. But, yeah. um, I mean, apart from feeling better, I stopped snoring, which was an unintended side effect, which was probably the best part of losing all that weight was I stopped snoring. Did your wife just lock all the food away at that, that point? No, no. She <laughs> so just you're, you're never going back. Because I wasn't even really making a big deal to her that I was losing weight or anything. And she was just like, oh, you stopped snoring. I was like, oh, well, maybe it's because, you know, I've dropped a bit of weight. And she, so now- I, that's my gauge that if I start snoring again, I go, oh, ease up on the cakes because <laughs> then yes. I'll start snoring again. And then once kind of dropping back down there, I'll stop snoring. So, it's kind of, I, I think it's like 75, 74 kilos is my mm. snoring weight. You'd be surprised what causes you to, to sort of gain weight. Like one of my family members, uh, she said to me, oh, I had, you know, I've been trying to lose weight for ages and I haven't been able to. And it's like, well, just tell me what you eat. So, we just went through a whole day. Went through a whole day and she's eating like 2,000 kilojoules less than what she, what she would otherwise eat. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what she actually needs to eat to, to maintain her weight. And I'm going, I can't figure this out. You should be losing weight like there's no tomorrow. And yeah, she goes, yeah. I actually have mixed nuts during the day. It's like, oh, how many do you usually have? About two cups. And it's like you put that into the, <laughs> into the calculator and it's like 4,000 kilojoules. And it's like, oh, now I, I think we've found out why. <laughs> The way I look at it is that anything that a plant makes to make another plant needs a lot of energy. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. That's what I've been up to. Cool. How about you? Um, oh, this week. Actually, no, it's not this week. It was about three weeks ago. If you were to say a video game that would be my favorite video game of all time, what would that be? Splinter Cell. No, not that one. The King of Fighters. No. Gonna, uh, we'll, Garou, Mark of the Wolves. No, we're going to be here for a while. I thought this was going to be just- You've got a lot of favorite video games. I do like a lot of stuff, but the one I would say I like the most and the one that is nearest and dearest special to my heart is probably Res. I like right. the music. I like the movement. I've got three different copies on different platforms. got the soundtrack on CD and I still enjoy listening to it. I Am 8-Bit were releasing, or they had released a while ago, a double vinyl of the soundtrack- and a 7-inch of the new Area X soundtrack. And also, sandwiched in between the two, was this art book that had a story about how Res was created and how mm. it was reborn with Area X. And it was all in this beautiful slipcover. And they had this cool T-shirt that had the Layer 2 figure that you would be with all the squares oh, yes. that kind of made up the guy. Yep. So, I was like, I want to get that. That would be my ultimate video game merchandise. And I don't now I don't get... A lot of video game merchandise and a lot of video game no. related things. I'm to me, it's the games, and then I play the games, and then I'm happy, and then I move on. I don't need figures or anything like that. But no. this thing was, except amiibos, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, amiibos—they're part of the game. They give you horses in Zelda. They're very important. Mm. But this was tugging on me. It was tugging on me very, very hard. That sounded bad too. Mm. But it was, you know. To be honest, it was. Yeah, it was. But the problem <laughs> was. When you added up how much it was going to be to get this thing all the way from the States 
to pay for that, to pay for the conversion rate, and to pay the shipping over here, it was going to be ungodly expensive. Ungodly expensive enough that I have dropped them into the cart multiple times and just stood there looking at the money and going, I really like the game, but mm. I really like my money as well. So I've just cancelled my order a couple of times. But they had a sale a few weeks ago. So they were having, I think it was 20 or 30% off. I can't remember the figure. So I threw them back in my cart. I applied the discount. I was like, you know what? That's actually affordable. So I ordered the Special Edition Res soundtrack and the Special Edition Res t-shirt. And they showed up this week. And they're probably my favorite gaming-related merchandise thing that I've ever had. It's so good to have this big art book and to just mm. to read the story about how Res was created. And, and the t-shirt, which I thought was actually black with a yellowish gold printing on the front. It's actually reflective gold printing on it. So, it actually looks yeah. like I'm all fancy and blingy with my Res icon. Yeah. So you, I thought you were just going to say it was a Cactus Jack t-shirt for a second. Then. No, I've got one of those because I buy wrestling merchandise. Mm. I don't have the same misgivings from video games as I do for wrestling, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> it's a special category. I almost bought this week a Southpaw Regional Wrestling t-shirt because WWE had them for sale. I was like, oh. Of course they did. Southpaw Regional Wrestling, if anyone has not seen, is this little YouTube series that the WWE has put out. There are four, six or seven minute episodes where they do a takeoff of a regional wrestling promotion from the 80s. Like, there's Chris Jericho's in there and a whole bunch of the other superstars, I suppose they call John them. John Cena. The John Cena, who was a- John Cena doing a very, very on-point impersonation of an 80s newsreader. <laughs> like, that guy is crazy talented. He's surprisingly talented. Yeah, You know, you mm. see him in the ring, and he does the same thing in and out every week. But, you know, the fans love him, and you get a bit sick of him. But then you see him in something else, and you go- yeah, okay, he's talented. He knows what he's doing. But mm. if you haven't seen South Pole Regional Wrestling, look it up. It is probably my favorite thing that they have done for many, many, many years. Even though it's just these little episodes and they're throwaway, it's completely funny. And Ric Flair does a great VO of an old <laughs> 80s ad where he's selling KFC chicken. Woo, crispy. <laughs> Woo, honey mustard. <laughs> so- Watching those, though, and uh, well, the second episode I was in, and I was watching that same ad in the second episode, mm. made me think, and I do want to do a bit of research and find out whether this is true or is just my cynicalness thinking about it. I reckon that because they're not on the WWE network and only on the YouTube channel of the WWE, that they are an ad for KFC Southern Fried Golden Chicken. Mm. I've heard that, too. Because they seem like the type of thing that an advertising agency would think up and go, no one will ever do that. And then they approach WWE and they go, yeah, sure, we'll be into that. Because they have been doing other ads for that same chicken. Mm. And that's my theory. And I do want to see if anyone comes out with a case study and says, hey, we thought that the best way to target WWE fans for KFC chicken is, you know, I think that's what it was. I had KFC on Friday night. Was it Southern Fried Golden Chicken? No. Did you go no. Woo! after it? Unlike your wife, I can't make KFC uh, people cry. She so did do that I once. My, <laughs> I just have my regular. Um, she's going to be mad at us for mentioning that. Yeah. Um, I just had my regular, which is just a fillet burger. Yeah. I do think that that girl who she made cry had already had a bad day and she may have already pushed her over the edge. Yeah. The straw that broke the KFC workers back. It may have been the tipping point. Still, that's one of those things that you bring up because it was so mentionable. Yep. Funny, that though. That time- Dave's wife made a KFC worker cry. 
to put it into perspective, your wife is the nicest person, so that just makes it more funny. Nobody generally cries after talking to her, which made that moment all the funnier. Um, so that's been my week. Uh, Res Vinyl, Southpaw Regional Wrestling, and that's it, really. I haven't really done too mm. much. And uh, listening to the Formula One cars go around the track near work. Yep. Um, they're not as loud as what they have been. Going out at lunchtime and threatening to drop people? Yeah, that was me. I had a mask on. But no, right. um, the Formula One cars, sadly, are not as loud as they used to be. Mm. They used to be they- like V12s, and then they went to large 10s, I think. And rules, just year upon year rules, they've tried to slow the cars down a lot so that there were more passing and the action was a little bit more interesting for people to watch because generally once it was a V12, you would get someone in the lead and then the pack would just stay in their positions for the whole Mm. race and nothing had happened. But now there are a lot more passings. But I think there are under two litre turbocharged 10s. They don't make that much noise anymore, which I was a bit sad about. But what did make a lot of noise was on Friday we got to see the uh, R-A-F-F, 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 Royal Australian. Yeah, R-A-F-F. Yep, until I'm good at planes. The R-A-F-F jet fly over Albert Park Lake really, really low, which is kind of cool. They flew really, really low over our uh, building as well when I was in the middle of troubleshooting something that was going all wrong. (laughs) And you're wondering what that noise was? Yeah. All of my work colleagues are going, oh, look at the plane. It's like, shut up. I'm trying to work here. (laughs) If I don't get this done by the time I go home, I'm in trouble. It's quite cool watching a jet go really fast, really low, because- they make zero noise until they're about a half a K away from you and then you mm. just hear the jet trail following you. It's pretty impressive. And he was doing mm. flips and things and um, my phone rang about halfway through that, probably when he was at his lowest. So I foolishly answered it and tried to talk on it and the other person <laughs> on, on the other end was like, what the hell is going on? It's like, yeah, I'm just watching a jet. It's fine. And I, I had to call him back. It was not good. She did. Yeah, you know. Uh, have you been playing any games? Oh, yeah. Still doing but, Train well, Zelda? Train, yeah. Still, I've done a bit of Train Zelda. Um, I haven't really progressed. In the la- I've just been climbing tall things and seeing what's up there. That's the game, I think. And I had an instance where I climbed up the top and there was like one of those huge guys made of stone that comes up out of the ground. Yeah, and yeah. that was quite surprising because I had climbed on top of him thinking, I can get a bit higher there and see <laughs> further. And, and, and no? Then, yeah. I take that well, was- yes. Oh, well. For they- a short amount of time. Before um, you can you can actually climb on those things. It will let you. Yeah, yeah. Did he throw um, you off the mountain? I jumped off with my kite. Said I am not prepared to fight this. I've seen a few of those, and the easiest way to fight them is to just drop a bomb. Yeah, well, no, these, this is the big boss one. Oh right, okay. Yeah, not the little ones. I haven't fought that one yet. I think I've seen yeah. him, and I marked him with a skull on my map, and I said, "I'll deal with you later." Yes, I've started marking things too. Have you done any of the guardians or the what are the the ancient divine beasts? Yeah, I've done the water one, but I haven't done any of the other ones yet. Yeah, I think I'm up to the fourth one, but I haven't done it yet. I was trying to build my hearts up to 13 hearts, but then I decided that I hated the little shrines. Oh, really? Some of them are hard. Oh, they're yeah. my favorite things. The bad ones are the motion controlled ones. Have you had to do yeah. any of those? Yeah, those are the ones that I hate. Did you figure out the trick to doing the maze one? Yeah, I did, but I was in bed at the time. It wasn't on the TV, so I had to unhook both of the controls from the thing, <laughs> put the switch on my nightstand, and then uh, flip the controller upside down. Oh, see, I didn't know the trick until after I'd done it, but I was like mm. a full, 
holding the whole switch, moving it around, holding it upside down. And I'm sitting next to my wife while she's watching TV <laughs> on the couch. She just looks at me and goes, what the hell are you doing? I'm playing Zelda. Hang on, just give me a second. Mm. I managed to get it done. I ended up putting it not 180 degrees, but 90 degrees, dropping it into the closest hole and then just going doing half the maze. I thought right. I was clever doing that, but then I saw the actual, the better way to do it, let's just say. Are we talking about the one where it's kind of square and there's a little ramp and then you, you kind of roll it off the end and then have to flick it at the end to get it up into the air? It's like a ball maze. Yes. So, so you've got a big square and you have to go all yes. the way through the, through the maze and yep. then you do roll it down and flick it up again. Yeah, yeah, no, that's the one I'm talking about. Oh, but, okay. But you kind of turn it into a ramp at near the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's another one that's like one of those, you know, those puzzles- Used to have there are two other ones I found. Oh, I've only found one. Fuck, yeah. is there going to be another one? Yes. I found the, the one that's got the ball puzzles with the little cups and you have to drop the balls in the little cups. Yep. That's frustrating. Yeah, that, that, yeah no, I've got that one. I haven't actually, <laughs> actually done that one. That's been the worst part of that game has been the motion control puzzles. Yes. Fuck you for including those, Nintendo. Your motion control is good, but it's not fun. Don't keep yeah, trying yeah. to push it on us. I was going to buy a 3DS before that came out, and now I realise that if this keeps on going the way it does and we get Fire Emblem and we get all these other games, then why would I ever buy a 3DS? Yeah, I mean, well, there are some good games out on the 3DS. Picross 3D, hopefully they bring that to the Switch. That's a pretty fun one. I think we've spoken yeah. about it before. So this is now my portable gaming Yeah, you've system. chosen a good one to start with. Well, I've chosen one that has one good game so far. There are a bunch of Neo Geo games. You can They seem to be bringing out more and more Neo Geo games. I think they had- Do they? I haven't been checking. I think I saw Neo Turf Masters there. Right. Uh, I saw a screenshot that I thought was Neo Turf Masters. I'm pretty sure it is. There's Final Fight. I think there's King of Fighters now. There's Waku Waku 7. There's Metal Slug. There's a whole bunch of things. Right. Okay. Sure. You can have your portable Neo Geo. I downloaded- the global test fire of Splatoon this weekend, but oh, yeah. just ended up not in a position to ever play it because they were only running it an hour at a time. So oh, really? it was like between six and seven o'clock and all this time. Yeah, so it wasn't like the full day, which I thought it was going to be. Yeah, or maybe they're trying to stress test, so they're trying to focus people into a particular time. Potentially, and that's a clever way to do yeah. it, but didn't help me. Who that mean, just that means that it. it's an actual beta rather than a marketing beta. Yeah, yeah. It's not. You just buy the game and you get our beta access. It's like, tell you mm. what, if you're selling the game, it's not in beta. Yep. So, Torment was the other thing I'm still playing, and that's, that's sort of going well. Yes. Horrifying and intriguing at the same time, and the things that I'm having to do to... To progress in that game. You've been solving the robot problems of the world? Robot problems? Uh, yeah. What are you talking about? The um, You had the a levies. robot that did something. Yeah, the levies. Yeah. Well, they're not. They're actually people, but they're kind of created people rather than- That's a robot. To the, me, if you're a person yeah. and you've been manufactured in some way, I think you're a robot. I'm right. sorry. If you're a human that's been constructed by someone, maybe Frankenstein's a robot. I've had to stop uh, stop playing that for a, a little while just so that I could get some time into Mass Effect Andromeda so we could talk about it yeah. on tonight's podcast. How is that? Um, so everything you read online about it is true. And it's annoying to me not because it's a bad game. I'd say it's an average game at best. Yep. But because there's so much missed opportunity. Like it's a game where... 20,000 colonists are on this ship and they're heading into the Andromeda galaxy and it's going to take them 600 years and no one knows what they're running up against. But apparently what they run up against is stuff that happens in every other Mass Effect game. Yeah, I mean, they were given a blank, the blankest of blank slates to mm. start again and choose different races. You were 
how long was the journey that they were going on? 624 years. And you can imagine just- that they would just be amazing races, different type of creatures, yep. planets, and you're probably still searching, still scanning the same type of planets for the same type of minerals. Yeah, it's, it's just to give you an example, and here's some some big time Mass Effect Andromeda spoilers here for the next two minutes. Just fast forward if you don't want to hear this. Is that they have a situation where the people who are leading these expeditions are called Pathfinders, and they have like implants and they have the know how and they know how to find a planet that's sort of habitable, and they're sort of leaders. They're the equivalent your, of specters, right? Yeah, your dad is your dad is a Pathfinder. Or he is the the pathfinder for your colony ship. My and pathfinder res- can beat up your pathfinder any day. Yes, and as a result of things that happen in the game, you're dying, and your dad saves your life and dies himself and passes his pathfinder abilities onto you. So, what makes you a pathfinder? Uh, apparently, the the other pathfinder has to. You get linked up to an AI, and the other older pathfinder has to sort of, I guess, transfer them to you. So, Master Chief is uh, a Pathfinder because he's got yeah, Cortana kinda. AI. Yeah. But the point I'm trying to make here is Dad dying and I have to take over is not an interesting plot point because it's been done so many times before. Like, when I spent a couple of years learning how to write fiction and the one thing they tell you is never go for your first idea because the first thing you think of are cliches and stuff that's been done a bunch of times be- before. Yeah. Stick with, the, stick with the idea, evolve it, and try to make it something interesting. So if they had it gone for something like Dad survives and we get to the to the where we're supposed to go, but there's all this other stuff that that he has to take care of now, and he hasn't really got time to be a pathfinder anymore, but he still wants to be one. So he passes it on to you, or it gets passed on to you, and then there's this conflict between you and your father, where he kind of wants to step out and do what he wants to do, which is going out there and discovering new worlds, but he has to kind of live vicariously through you, and at the same time let you go and do your own thing. That's that's an interesting story. Dad, Dad dies and I take over is not an interesting story anymore. Yeah, yeah. So from an, so I haven't played the game yet, and I look, I do intend on playing it eventually, but I don't want to yep. spend 100 bucks on it and play it when I know it's probably not the best thing I should be spending my money on because there were so many other cool things 48 bucks from Green Man Gaming. Okay. And that's the other thing. I've actually heard that there are people who are already slashing prices on... Um, right. This like almost up to twenty five percent off. You can even get for a game that's less than a week old. But yeah. um, from me, from kind of looking at some reviews and you know taking everything I'm reading online with a grain of salt because I know I haven't seen it myself and I don't want to be adding fuel to a fire that doesn't exist. But to me, because things haven't really moved on that much, it's still it's kind of like just. Mass Effect Draft 2 rather than a whole new thing. Mm. It seems like a game, a Mass Effect game made by fans of Mass Effect. It's like a, it's like a yeah. fan-made game because they they don't seem like that they're creating a whole bunch of new things. They're just like, we like this about Mass Effect, so we're going to stick that in. We like this yeah. about Mass Effect, so we're going to stick that in. We like the ships, so we're going to have the same kind of, you know, ship, and you can have the thing, and then you can have the romances with the people, and then you can be a Pathfinder instead of a Spectre, and that'll be fine, and, you know, we'll do the same kind of... Like, even the um, the romancing dialogue is even simplified, because in the past games, I've been, I've seen a, a few videos, and the romancing dialogues in Andromeda, they have a little heart on them, so that you know that they're romancing options. Really? Whereas in the previous games... You were just kind of like, I'm just going to say this and, you know, maybe I can get her in bed. 
I know exactly why that is, actually. Oh, why is that? Uh, in Dragon Age 2, some people were thought they were just being nice to Anders, but apparently they were being a whole lot more than nice. But that's life. A- Sometimes people see that send mixed messages. <laughs> This is a yeah, learning well. tool for people who have never had this type of relationship that maybe I your guess. messages are probably, maybe don't don't send those messages. Or maybe, you know, <laughs> romancing's hard. You can't expect to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend or whatever just by walking up to someone and saying, hey, let's jump into bed. You have to romance them with options that you don't even know what the fuck you're saying half the time. Um, I should probably play that game. That man. and the fact that, that I, I find the main character is... He's not unlikable. He's just bland. Like, I forgot his name a bunch of times <laughs> in the first hour of the game. And he's got this kind of, like, I'm not going to say bum fluffy beard, kind of scruffy, but sort of like these big childlike eyes, and it just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I've seen he's the a- um, screenshots of mm. beards in that game, and they're just textures mapped onto faces. They're not even yeah. modeled beards. I think his one is a little bit better because he's a main character. Okay. There's this woman who's your science officer and- Does she have a good and, beard? No, but she has hair. Like, if somebody downloaded Skyrim and decided they were going to make a whole lot of hair mods, but they just don't match the artistic direction of the original oh, game. All right. But, see, you sort of get that thing and they introduce you to your ship and, like, here's your weapons expert and here's your science officer and you kind of get a Star Trek, the, like, the original series vibe from it. And you think this is going to be awesome. It's going to be like Star Trek, but then it's not. Just disappointing kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. It's just an average game. It's oh, such the, a shame. The user, in, the user interface is terrible as well. The quests are sectioned off in their own little folders that you kind of have to click and navigate. So you may have to navigate through three different folders to get to the quest that you want to uh, highlight. Is that a console so, yeah. thing? Like it's made it to might be-, be. Well, yeah. The Witcher managed to make that not too annoying. And this is where all these comparisons are going to come back to is that in a post-Witcher 3 world- you can't make a game like Mass Effect 3 anymore. Yeah. And eventually there will be, in a post-XXX world, you can't make a game like The Witcher 3 anymore. And why would or that at least, be? At least, well, because things come along that are improvements on what happened in the in the past, I guess, and that then suddenly there's a, a much better way to do things. Like yeah. forcing people to move through menu item after menu item just to highlight a quest is, is not a fun experience. I would be surprised if there wasn't a user interface mod, if that thing is even possible, within a couple of weeks. I was thinking during the week that when I was young, games were really, really hard and mm. hardly, you know, they did come with manuals, but they were almost impregnable because they were so thick and there was so much that you had to learn. And then over time, games got really, really simple. And, you know, mm. I think... Games getting really, really simple kind of served its purpose in that it actually opened up video games to a whole lot of people who wouldn't necessarily have played video games if they had been that hard. But what I think is happening now is that those simple games have enough mainstream appeal that they're slowly getting more and more complex and hard again. I think there's a, we're in this weird teething thing where um, people are trying to do the simple games, adding complexity to them, but they're just still relearning how to do quests in a more complex game and how to do inventory in a more complex game. And, you know, there are obviously games that are doing it well and games that are doing it bad, but I I have this feeling that there is this shift between games or the gamers, I hate using that term, but gamers Mm. have become en masse. It's almost like everyone's a video game player to some extent because of iOS games and all those type of things. And now 
it's time to actually make these things that we play more complex and more rewarding. But I think there's just going to be a teething process that goes along with that. And there's going to be some casualties and there's going to be some really good games. But mm. uh, I don't know. I, I think we'll see. I think Dark Souls and Neo and a bunch of those was another 2D one that I'm trying to remember the name of. Their popularity is a response to people who were starved of difficulty for the longest time. Yeah. So they kind of swung hard in the in the opposite direction to what the trend was where it's like I, I always said when I started playing Demon Souls is that like Mass Effect is like, oh, they pat you on the back and they say, oh, you saved the universe. But really, it's like, well, you didn't really because it's a little bit easy and you didn't have to try that hard because it's very forgiving of your mistakes. Whereas if you make a mistake in Neo and Dark Souls, it smacks you on the face and says, no, do it again. Yeah. Until you get it right. But also Dark Souls is almost starting a new genre of games to a certain extent because now we're talking Mm. about these games are Dark Souls-like. Yeah, yeah, which I look forward to. Yeah. It's been quite a long – like if you look at MMOs are the ultimate form of a game that doesn't really require skill, it just requires perseverance. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Dark Souls is the opposite end of that. I think it swung too far in the MMO – direction for a little while there you i mean you had single player games coming out with mmo quest elements yeah in them. yeah and you know there's a lot of games that wouldn't necessarily have had rpg elements to them are now getting rpg elements to it where you can upgrade mm. your skills they've got skill trees they've got experience points and six to eight years ago they would have just been a hack and slash sword game yeah yeah what else have i been playing so mass effect andromeda no i shouldn't play that just yet i should wait for a sale yeah i'd wait it's a bit of a maybe Okay. I'm interested to see how fast there will be a sale. Yeah, well, I will pick it up when they have a sale. Right. Uh, And I think we've both been playing Nier Automata. See, I've been Uh, saying it as Automata. Right. And I don't know whether I'm right or you're right or someone else is right. So I'm just going to keep calling it Automata. Right. What are you calling it? Automata. Yeah, I don't know because there's an A in it. A-U-T-O-M-A-T-A. Automata. Yeah, automata. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that like an Italian automata? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's like if Mario was an automata. Yeah, this is actually the automata that makes pizza for you and he will make you a meme spaghetti. Yeah, we're going down the racist path again. But, you know, he'll also fix your plumbing. Stereotypes. Maybe we lay some bricks for you. Do some rendering. Okay, I'm yep. going to stop now. Yep. He's got a good Monaro. <laughs> I think I tried to record, and, and this this sort of... Neatly dovetails into my shitty week recording stuff for the site. Oh, yeah. So let's just get this out of the way. So this week at work, I was back at work until half past one one night and seven or eight for two other nights of the week. That's only fine if you're drinking. Well, not even then. But uh, Nier Automata kind of crash landed at the start of that. Uh, And the PC port is... I'm not going to say it's rubbish, but it's belligerent is probably a good way of putting it. Oh, really? Okay. I was hoping it would be a good Um, port, but... It's not? It looks fine. It slows the hell down during cutscenes. Right, okay. Uh, And there's sort of been a raft of people writing various DirectX wrappers to fix things. There's a tool you can get that re-encodes all the cutscenes so they don't drop the frame rate so much. Okay. But it doesn't like to uh, cooperate with the recording platform that we use. It gets to a certain point and it just stops recording. It just freezes on a single image on the screen. So so I could start recording if I started recording recording after that screen started but as long as obs had also started after that screen had started but if i tried to do that it would go from full screen into windowed mode and not record properly and then drop half of the window off the screen so it was a 
a kind of a juggling act to get it recording properly. And when I finally did, it just looked like a muddy mess because of I had to drop the recording settings in OBS so much because of the game. Yeah, consumes so yeah. much resources that it doesn't. At that point, I think I threw it at you and said, "Just record it on the console because it probably works there." Works great on the console, by the way. Uh, the mm. the cutscenes are amazing. The game's super fun, and I did record a video for it, which I'm actually going to re-record because I screwed up in there completely badly, and it's incredibly boring watching me get lost and find my way for 15 minutes. So, yes, I might do another recording of that. And I actually re-recorded a video today for exactly that same reason. <laughs> Sometimes it's just you just fuck up and like let's just call it a day on that one. But yes. um, I'm suffering a different problem now because we've recently got some game capture equipment in. I've got myself the Elgato HD 60s. I'm finding that my that my video files are insanely big now because I'm recording at 1080 60, and mm. you know an hour of footage is now 75 gig rather than you know. Yeah, gig. I wouldn't. I wouldn't record at 1080 Yeah. So, but it looks damn good. It's very, very pretty. Mm. And so, it's my trying to find the balance between looking good and being manageable. So, yes. But a video for Nia will might go up next week. But yeah, that's a really fun game. That's a really good looking and fun game. Yeah, it is. Like I actually got around to playing it after all of this. I just reset all the settings and loaded all of the fixes yep. that are probably filled with viruses, and off we went. Yeah, and it's great. I enjoy the the bullet hell aspects and i enjoy the kind of bayonetta style aspects it's it's a platinum games ass game yeah i mean originally when i started playing it i was thinking okay so it's kind of like ikaruga versus devil may cry so it's got the mm. 3d action adventure but it's also got that bullet hell shooter but the yep. more and more i was playing it the more i realized that it does something really really clever and it doesn't just go all right well this section of the game is your bullet hell shooter this is your 3d action adventure it actually blends them really really well like your 3d action adventure parts will sometimes turn into a 2d platformer angle where you can only go left and right and jump up and down but you're still within the same world and even that same world will sometimes go top down so then you're also almost playing uh devil may cry but as a bullet hell shooter and it's done it does some really cool things melding the two genres or melding this different style so you're not disjointed but yeah, yeah no it's um it's a very fun game and it's very stylish and oh yeah i'm interested to see what it's like like when you're fighting something and you hit the dodge button and she kind of goes sort of shimmery and just dodges out of the way it's kind of like the best feeling in the world yeah and you can do that when you're piloting the ship as well so yeah, sometimes yeah. i was getting caught in a corner uh, with a whole bunch of those big red orbs and I was wondering how to get around them and I realised, oh, mm. actually, I can hit the dodge button here and I will duck under them. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Nier is apparently the sequel to a stage play that the writer wrote for a Japanese girl group. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in EB Games during the week and I found a copy of the original Nier for the Xbox 360 in the used yes. game section. And I'm looking forward to having a look at that, actually, because I want to get a little bit of context yeah. And seeing what... Um, no, I'm not sure they're directly related, but I'm, I'm guessing it's all mixed up in there somewhere because it's a, a strange game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they're both by Yokotaro, but I think mm. the Nier series was actually based on Drakengard, another game oh, I yeah, haven't yeah. played. Yeah. It was like a spin-off from that series, so... Yeah, it's This is cool. all very strange. Yeah. It's good to have Japanese-ass games on things again. Yes. I very much appreciate just those weird things like that the swords don't connect to 2B's body. They just kind yeah, of just float, float on her back. If you played the first level, if anyone's played the first level, which is also the demo, 2B takes control of 
uh, another weapon, let's just say. <laughs> and, a very, um, very large one. And uses it to get business done, let's just say. <laughs> and then that- and, Yeah, that was then, pretty funny. And then everything just made sense to me. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. We could say that you beat a man to death with his own arm, finally. That is probably the literal interpretation of that was, yeah. yes, yes, you do. Cool. So uh, that, I think that's all, What have really? been doing? Yeah. Happy to see that Train Zelda is still treating you well. Yeah. I didn't actually play that much Zelda this week. No more fairy fountains while no. on the train. Uh, last week, I was talking about how I had a bit of a headache because I was playing too much Zelda, and I think I may have had something else rather than just Zelda. I may have, I don't know, because I got a bit nauseous and head spinny in a way that I haven't been from playing video games. I know what playing too much video games feels like, and this was completely not it. So I had to... Feels like tiredness. <laughs> yeah, no, this was definitely not that. So I had to have uh, a little bit of time off last week. Just a day to get my head together, have a bit of a sleep, yep. catch up. Generally, when I'm sick, I'm not sick for too long. I sleep for 16 hours and I'm fine. Yeah. That's how I deal with sickness generally. So I haven't been playing too much else. Uh, I got back into a little bit of Nia. I uh, got back into a little bit of Zelda, just, you know, cruising around and using some Amiibos to try and get some interesting things. The other game I have played a little bit of, and it was actually an interesting one. I was playing an iOS game called Type Shift, which I found out about during the week, and I thought, you know what? My wife would really like this game. So I texted her and said, you should get this Type Shift game because it's like a mixture of Boggle and Scrabble and those type of things. And she texted back and said, actually, I was looking at that last night. So independently, we both found the same game, the little iOS game. It's actually kind of cool. It's like Boggle, but you have a varying number of horizontal, or sorry, vertical lines that you have to match up horizontally in one spot. So you might have six rows of four and you can slide the rows of four up and down. And the object is to use every single letter available making words. So rather than you having a word list that you need to match, the object is to just use up all of the letters. So once you've used can, a letter in a word, it goes blue so that you know you've used that before. And then Are you, you have, pulling out the dictionary for this, like when we play Quiddler? No, no, I'm not good at this game. They do things like daily puzzles and you can actually buy additional game packs for it, which are only like $1.50. So the original game's free and they sell packs. But there's heaps in there that you can play without having to spend any money. But um, mm. the other night, uh, my wife and I tried to do the daily puzzle at the same time and what took me about eight and a half minutes to complete a puzzle, she completed in about a minute and a half because she's good with the words, let's just say. Well, it is her job. It is her job to be good with the words. And um, I think she took great pleasure in kind of going, and I'm done. And she looked at me and I was still on my first word. <laughs> but I still like it. I just, I'm just no good at it. That's all. Right. I ended up That's just- fine. Aimlessly sliding up panels up and down and going, I'm sure one of these is a word. I'm sure it's kind of ends with an ER and I keep saying, oh, maybe it's got a K in it here. And But no, if you're interested in a, a game where you can just play a quick five-minute round, yeah. have a look at Type Shift if you're into some word games. Yeah, see, Zelda's kind of taken that for me on the train because yeah, I, yeah. like, I, I just sleep the unit when I'm done. I don't think I've actually quit the game for two weeks. Yeah, I would say it's probably a good toilet game. Oh, okay. If that's a category, if that's, if that's a genre. I'd like to see that being a genre in the app store right okay you can knock one out while you're knocking one out <laughs> right good way to ensure no one wants to touch your phone <laughs> you should never use my phone you should never use another person's phone apparently they are you the don't dirtiest know where things it's been but- oh absolutely i hear phones are the dirtiest things that people own yeah apart from your mind that's pretty dirty anything else no we're gonna move on to no some- that yeah that's pretty much it all right 
We're going to move on to some news because there's a little bit of news. There actually wasn't that much news this week. We had to scour no. the, the internet for some news. And apparently the fact that Sega's Space Harrier theme actually has official lyrics is not news enough that we should probably talk about on the site. But if, <laughs> but if you're looking that up on YouTube, apparently if you're interested in the Space Harrier theme, look up the official lyrics to it. Yeah. Um, so we're going to start with Outlast 2, which we said last mm. week was not going to be released in Australia because it was refused classification. Well, yes. that changed during the week because it is now going to be released in Australia. Yay, and everyone has to be shit with us. It's a bit up in the air about exactly what's happening or who's doing what to what, but um, Red Barrels, who's the developer, I suppose, they said that, that there will only be one version of Outlast 2 available worldwide, which to me indicated that they've, spoken to the Office of Film and Literature Classification and they've rethought their rating and they've given it an R18 plus rating. But Mm. then the classification board issued a statement to Kotaku Australia that read that the original version of the game that was refused classification has been modified to allow the game to be classified R18 plus, which is kind of interesting when you take it in conjunction with Red Barrel's original statement that only one version of Outlast 2 was going to be available worldwide. So for both of those statements to be true, the version of the game that's going to be released worldwide is going to be a compromised version of the game. Yep. Australian. What well on Australia? If that's the case, yep. you've spoiled everyone's fun. No sexual violence for anyone. Well, um, there, there might be some, just maybe they've tamed it down. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the thing was that they needed to change, but something's happened. Yep. Um, it's either that or Red Barrel's not telling the truth or the Officer Film and Literature Classification, who the, the person they spoke to was misguided in what they said, but- that's what it's looking like at the moment. So mm. who knows? Yeah, I've got the first one, but I haven't finished it. Okay, maybe you should finish it. Yeah, it's got dicks in it, so... Um. You've played Conan, so yeah, you're used to seeing video game dicks. We've spoken at length about uh, about video game dicks, I believe. You have. We also spoke at length about the game that can't be named, so I guess it's only fair that we cross to the other side as well. What lengths did you go to to talk about video game dicks? Well, I think we spoke about amnesia, that at one point you discover a pile of dead bodies and they're all male bodies, but they've all got dicks that are kind of realistically proportioned. And what lengths are those dicks? I guess you could say they're realistically proportioned for a cold day. (laughs) (laughs) But that kind of just makes it more horrifying because, I don't know, it just made it more horrifying. Yeah. So that's why I don't want to play Outlast. Not that I don't want to play Outlast. You know, if I was going to do a horror game for the site, I would finish Soma. Or Resident Evil. Or Resident Evil. Which was actually on sale this week on the PlayStation, so all, or this weekend. And I was thinking about picking it up, but I was like, nah, I've, mm. got, I've got other stuff to play. I'll get that later. Yeah, wait until the Christmas sales. Yeah, yeah. Or wait until you get a, a Morpheus and then it's your PSVR title to make people go, nope, not doing that anymore. Yeah, okay. Uh, the latest update to Neo, Koei Tem- Tecmo? Koei Tecmo? have yep. uh, added in the ability to pause the game for casuals, <laughs> which Anthony added in to the... <laughs> well done. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> Anthony adding things oh. into my notes. Cause- I can't remember what I did. We actually have a list of equipment that we want to buy for the podcast, and I wrote something in there that you should buy, and then I just left it, and it was about two months until you found it. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. It is the Obi-Wan Kenobi of um, notes yes, in files. Right. Buried in Google Docs. 
So, yes, whilst pausing in hard games might be for casuals, it's really important <laughs> if you've got a family and someone screams out, I need some help with something, and you're like, oh, but I'm in a boss fight. I need to maybe uh, just, can you just, you know, bleed less for a minute while I finish fighting? No. Have you, have you ever watched the King of Kong documentary? Uh, yes, I have, but I can't yeah, remember too much about it. There's that part where he, like, they had to videotape all of their runs. Yeah, yeah. There's a part where he's going to break the world record and you just hear his kids next to him say, Dad, stop playing Donkey Kong. We need something. Uh, <laughs> it's the most, most heartbreaking thing yeah, yeah. to hear. It's just a certain time in your life you have to stop playing MMOs and that type of stuff yep. because other people need your attention. Mm. So there's that. And uh, the next bit of news is that Brian Fargo is retiring after Wasteland mm. 3. Uh, I'm not quite sure what. Brian Fargo's credentials are like like he has been responsible for some of the most beloved games that I've ever played. As far as I know, I don't think he's really a programmer or a designer, but he's done those things. But he seems to me to be the type of guy that when uh, people say we should make video games, yeah, but that's never going to happen. He's the type of guy who gets up and says, "Yeah, it's going to happen. We're going to do it," and he gets everyone around him, and it just happens. Yeah, yeah. So he's more like a creative lead or something. He, well, sort of a creative lead. He he sort of ran into play for for years and like they you know battle chess and bard's tale and another world and uh what's rock and roll racing one of blizzard's early games he was responsible for publishing that and never mind like closer to their end with like fallout and Baldur's gate and planescape and all these other games is like he just seems to be one of those guys where someone's like in the middle of a time when no one's making role-playing games and someone comes to him and says we've got an idea for a game where it's um, a post-apocalyptic game based on 50s and 60s pop culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says, all right, let's give it a go. Those are the people you need in any industry, really, the people who mm. can see through all the trials and hardship that are about to happen and see the good that's going to come out of the other end. Yeah. Like when they first started making Fallout, it was a time-travelling game where you saved your girlfriend. <laughs> so I don't know how it ended up being a post-nuclear role-playing game, but she, he was able to at least see that. I guess if you give these talented people like Tim Kaine uh, and Jason, God, I can't remember his last name. If you give pe- talented people like resources and make sure that they're not just wasting them, that there's a good chance you'll end up with something special at the end. Well, it's going to be a shame to see him go, I suppose. Yeah. wonder if he'll go on to do anything else outside of mm. video games or whether he's just going to have a nice relaxing break. Yeah, well, who who knows? He made one of those things where he decides that that's what he wanted to do all along once he's not actually doing it. He yeah, might actually true. come back. Well, yeah. thank you, Brian Fargo. Mm. Um, that's going to do it for news. So we're going to move on to a little segment that we call Letting Off Steam. Hey. Yeah. Hopping along in my seat. All right, so what do we got? Who have we got? What games have we got? Well, what crazy things have people said about games this week? Well, we, we're going to start with Nier Automatica. <laughs> oh, of course we are. Yes, until we figure out how to pronounce it. Or Tom Automata. Um, well, we have a positive review from Omega TM with 4.7 hours, and he says, This game is if Hideo Kojima smoked weed and tried to make a Final Fantasy game, <laughs> which I think is a remarkably accurate description yeah, yeah, of yeah. the game. As you can kind of see, this like giant robots, big sprawling sort of plot feelings that robots might have for other robots. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Giant swords. Yeah, giant swords. Um, beating people to death with their own arms. Haven't seen a car yet, but I'm sure there's one in here. Or an airship. Yes. A chocobo. <laughs> yes. 
So then we have a negative review from Masturbate. This is the PC version, you must understand, is the context for this review. With 0.4 hours, he says, if you don't have a controller, don't even bother unless you're a pro piano player. I can imagine that. That Maybe we, we could put your wife on the PC version yeah. and see what happens. No, there's a lot of uh, shoulder button action in this game for dodging yes. and hitting and using your little... Shooting. Yeah, shooting. Not, not really a lot of context as well. Like, it just comes up and says, we've activated this thing for your robot. And then it just says, push this button. It's like, oh, that's what that does. Yeah, yeah. That, that weird thing that they named. Yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of trial and error in the menus to choose upgrades for your little robot and choose weapons and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It doesn't hold your hand anywhere. Just, you know. Apparently, it's quite easily broken. You can choose upgrades that make the game really easy. But oh, cool. I've really sort of been looking looking at that. So then we have a positive review for Planet Coaster, which is uh, a Roller Coaster Tycoon-style game from Frontier Developments, who did Roller Coaster Tycoon 3. Yep. They uh, didn't have the license for Roller Coaster Tycoon, so they just made a spiritual sequel. Um, cool. And what's the name of this reviewer who's giving us our first positive review? Well, the name of this reviewer is Hentai, <laughs> but it's completely in, in Japanese characters. I thought that you would <laughs> you would try to say... How's Anthony going to pronounce that? I I am. Yeah. No, I grabbed out my Japanese dictionary and looked up those symbols and went, of of course it's that. Why is it anything else? At least you've done the legwork. That's what I like about you. You you do your research. Mm -hmm. Don't come into this as blind Uh, as I do. Yep. Hentai has 20.7 hours in uh, Planet Coaster, and he says, I don't know what went wrong during development, but this is not a game. It's a time machine that warps you to 3 (laughs) a.m. And he's right, I've got that game and, you know, you look up, it's 3am and you're placing sort of shrubbery and pirate themed things around the path leading into your ride and angling lights so that they sort of light from underneath some of these things and have different coloured lights and maybe there was a fireworks display, you wouldn't have a problem with people getting bored while they were waiting for the lights. If you're going to make some people vomit, you want that vomit Mm. to look beautiful and lit up perfectly as it's falling from the sky to all the other people. Yeah, that's the only reason why you play those games, isn't it? Try and get people to vomit yeah. on roller coasters or launch a like. There's a, a beautiful slow motion video that Frontier released where it's just a, a coaster coming off the tracks and just plowing into a path that's full of people, <laughs> and they all just go flying up in the air like properly physics, and they've all got smiles on their faces, and it's amazing. Cool. So we now have a negative review from Red with ten hours, and his review is simply: This game chases all the time. What do you think Red is trying to tell us? This game chases all the time. Is he chasing the dragon? No. No. But apparently the people at Frontier Developments are better at figuring out what people are saying than us because they actually responded to Red. Yep. They said, hello, I'm sorry to hear you're experiencing crashes. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) How long do you reckon that they was like, hey... (laughs) Can I have some help over here? I just want to know what this guy's saying. So Pass we can maybe answer the office. Yeah. An hour later, someone was sitting at their desk and they went, Oh! It's crashes! It's crashing! Oh, right. Of course. You just made the community manager's day. So the next thing I picked was Metro 2033 Redux because uh, I like the Metro 2033 and 2034 games and I bought the Metro 2033 novel that they were based on this week while I was waiting for my wife to buy shoes. Um, Seems like a good use of your time. How come you didn't yeah. buy some shoes? You could have bought some shoes. It was it was a lady shoe store. And I already shoes. got shoes. Do you have I lady shoes? New, I bought some New Balance shoes not that long ago. Cool. I tend to buy one pair of shoes and then wear them until they're falling apart, and then I buy another pair. I bought some sweet-ass custom Nikes. 
Have I told you about Apparently, them? Apparently, yep, you've told me about them, okay. I remember. Have I spoken about it on the podcast? I'm not sure. I went shopping at, I'm going to just de- derail letting off steam just to talk sweet sure. Nikes. I went out and I went to a couple of stores and went to Hype and I went to Platypus just looking for a pair of just some nice colourful Nike shoes. I had some pretty plain shoes for a while. I've just got some black bands and some stuff. And I was like, nah, I want some coloured shoes this time. So I went and I was looking at the Nike Air Max. Those are the kind of ones from the 90s that I coveted when I was younger. I was like, nope, now it's the time. I'm older. I have money. Now I can actually afford to get a pair. So I went and they either had a completely white pair, a completely black pair, or a pair that was kind of greys and whites and blacks mixed. And that was not going to do me because I was after some colours. So I went away, sad, upset that Nike didn't give me my coloured shoes. So then I went home and I was looking online at the Nike store, the Australian Nike store, and I saw that they had coloured Nikes. I was like, that's awesome. I want to get me a pair of them. And then, so if you can imagine my office and I'm sitting facing the computer and my wife's sitting on the couch behind me chatting to me as I'm looking up shoes. And all of a sudden I go, oh my God. And she thinks that something's gone wrong. She's like, what happened? What happened? And I was like, you can get custom Nikes and you can make them yourself and you can make colors yourself. And she she just kind of rolls her eyes and goes back to doing what she was doing. So I ended up getting a pair of uh, Nike ID Air Maxes. So they start you off with a blank canvas and you can color them all up yourself so you can have a different swoosh color and you can just have a different back color and different sole yeah. color so i got myself a sweet pair of kind of like the nike infrareds from the 90s but i've changed the swoosh to be like a turquoise and i've changed the inside yeah. of the air pocket to be a bit of a turquoise as well they're pretty cool i'm fair against this colored shoe deal oh really yeah i no. went when i went to buy my shoes i just wanted just shoes that would just fit in with the clothes that I had, and every all of them looked like a rainbow had vomited all over them. My ones look like they're a pair of Fisher Price shoes, but right. I'm embracing that. Right. Well, well, why don't you take the next step and buy clown pants and a nose as well? No, no, because that that'd be too much. You see, you have right. to balance. <laughs> okay. But not new balance. Obviously, I know. I know. I know nothing about clothes. I don't know. Mm. Colored shoes. So yeah, that's why I didn't buy shoes. Okay. Because they were women's shoes, and I said to my wife, you buy shoes, and I'll be in the bookstore, and you call me when you're done. Oh, fair enough. All right. Um, what were we talking so Metro about? Metro 2033. Metro 2033. Yeah, Coffee Cheetos Chicken is the name of this reviewer. 8.8 hours. So if you don't know, Metro 2033 is a story where after some kind of world-ending event, Rush- the Russians retreat to the Russian subway system, and they live there, and each station is kind of like a separate country. Yeah. Um, there's lots of guns and shooting, although bullets are used as money in this world as well. So you could li- literally shoot your currency at other other people. <laughs> Never get um, anything out of an ATM. No. <laughs> um, so uh, this review is a positive view. It says, it's a game where a bunch of Russians use their Counter-Strike skills to survive in a post-apocalyptic world. <laughs> are the um, Russians good at Counter-Strike? I don't know. I haven't really kept up with Counter-Strike. Okay. Counter-Strike Go, Counter-Strike Source. I've got both of those. I don't know why I bought Counter-Strike Go. I've never played it. I don't think I've even played Counter-Strike Go, although I think it came free with something. Source, I think, would be the one that you have. Yeah, I think they just give it yeah. to you free after a while. After you've had a Steam account for a certain time. Yeah. Or, 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 it just, or it just comes with Counter-Strike. Could do. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I can't remember buying it, but I know I own it. So we've got a Metro reg- negative review from uh, SRC2 Yoha. And he has 72.8 hours in the game. And he That's says, do not buy this Do not buy this POS game. It is a ripe-off. <laughs> it's a ripe-off. 70, 
72 hours and it's an, and it's a ripe-off. It is a ripe-off. Well, maybe he's not talking mm. about it being a rip-off. Maybe it's too ripe. Maybe it just got too ripe for him. Yeah, that's why it took 72 hours. Yeah. Yeah, so that's letting off steam for this week. Awesome. I own Counter-Strike Source, Counter-Strike Condition Zero, and just regular mm. Counter-Strike. Condition Zero is a single-player game uh, made by Gearbox, I think. I haven't played that. Who, who would go on to do Borderlands, which we liked, and Borderlands 2, which we don't like. Yeah. Oh. For, for the reasons of stop talking to me. Yeah, just shut up and let me play the game. Hmm. Actually, you know what? Borderlands 2 is like you're sitting in front of a TV trying to play Mario and your uncle's standing there trying to tell you a joke and you just wish he'd go away. Yeah, that's <laughs> so exactly... So you can play the game. Yeah. There is a good game in there if everyone would just shut up for a second. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, there it is. Letting off steam. Mm. I think we've allowed everyone to get a little bit of steam let off today. Yep. Um, Coffee Cheetos, Chicken Man. Thanks. And Hentai. And Hentai. And Red. And whoever else. Not Master Hentai. Bait. What was it? <laughs> was it Hentai? Was it? It was Hentai. It was. Okay. It was actually hen- Hentai. I thought that was just my brain adding a word. So in. the thing is, is I looked up the kanji because I don't know what the, what the kanji is. It's two kanji characters. Yep. And it just, it had the katakana next to it, which I can read. Yeah. And I got, I read the first three letters and I went, oh, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> what hey. else would it be? There you go. All right. We're going to move on to uh, fully informatic, where we yep. correct some things that we may have gotten wrong, or most likely yes. got wrong last week. Do you want to start? Yeah, I do actually own a copy of Buffy the Vampire Slayer for Xbox. I did not trade it in. I probably traded in Buffy Chaos Bleeds, which is a worse game. Mm. They are also not the only Buffy games. There's a bunch of games on the original Game Boy and the DS and mobile phones. On the original Game Boy, really? On the original Game Boy, there is a single Buffy game. I don't even think that those two things crossed over. Maybe mm. they did. Like- I would love to do um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer for Xbox on the site, but hey, here comes Content ID again. Oh, yeah, probably. Content ID. Uh, I believe the theme song for the game is in the... Um, oh, the theme song for the show is in the game. Oh, we can just not show that bit, maybe? I don't know. But then you've got all the voice. Oh, I suppose the voices wouldn't really be content ideable. Mm, we'll, we'll have to see. It's a crapshoot, that is. Yep. All right. Uh, the other thing that we got wrong, which was ironically we got wrong because we were trying to correct ourselves. Uh, we were trying to correct ourselves on the NATO alphabet, and I incorrectly corrected... Uh, the NATO alphabet for B as beta, when it is not beta, mm. it is in fact bravo. Yes, whiskey tango flipper. Yes, whiskey tsunami flipper. <laughs> if only there was a silent W word. Is there a silent W word? Should be. I guess when is kind of, uh, maybe not. No. If there is, the person who wrote in about the phonetic alphabet will know. Yeah. Let's go. Fully informatic. We're almost mm. done. What's uh, releases of the week? Mass Effect Andromeda. Mass Effect Andromeda. Mm. Not worth yep. it just yet. Wait for a sale. Probably not worth it, yeah. Unless you're super into Mass Effect, under which case you probably already got it. Yep. But then, you know, it's a disappointing game. It is. Well, it's it's an average game. I mean, disappointing. you, you definitely you wouldn't play what full- it could be, what it could have been. Yeah. You wouldn't pay full price with it for it. Yeah. That's the release of the week. I can't think of anything else. Um, no, I think that's it. There was a global test fire for Splatoon 2, but I don't, don't even think that's got an official release date yet. Yep, um, it's only available for an hour. Yeah, an hour at a time. I probably missed it again just by recording this podcast. Mm. Uh, so, that's going to do it. We're, mm. we're done. We're at the end. 
Um, you got stuff coming up on the site. We do have stuff coming up on the site. What have we got? Yep. This is where I talk about my stupid week. Oh, yeah. So, uh, tried to record Nia. Didn't happen. Passed it off to you. Yep. Uh, I think it was actually late last week. Last week, very quickly recorded Viscera cleanup detail as a way of making myself feel better because I got to clean up a bunch of stuff and then blow some stuff up um, and very kindly was retweeted by the developers of that game. So this week, (laughs) this was because we'd planned to do Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, but contains licensed music. So content ID'd, take the video down, change where I play the game, like what where I go so I don't run into the music. Yep. Uh, Listening back to it while I was editing it, very small amount of licensed music in one of the Uh. scenes on on a boombox on the beach that I walked past. So, did you just cut the volume in that section and be done with it? No, I re-recorded the. Well, see, then I, in doing a quest, I failed to remember that if you know how to do the quest, the game won't let you proceed until you do this very specific thing. So, even if you know everything else you have to do, it right. just won't let you go any further. Yep. So, the last half of me was just walking around, accidentally killing a guy while feeding on him. Um, that makes for some good video. Yeah, well, it didn't really, because that's the, sort of the highlight of 45 minutes of me just wandering around saying, oh, I can't right. quite remember where this thing yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So I re-recorded it, but I really wanted to showcase that quest. So what I did is I got an, I made a, a silent MP3, copied it into the game directory, named it the same thing as what the license track was. So when we played through, that song just doesn't appear. It's just silent. So you basically had to hack the game to be able to record yeah, a video Yeah, pretty much. It. Oh, well. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's so, tough kind of recording- videos where you want to show off what the game has to offer and Hmm. you basically get stuck in a really slow section and that's not really indicative of what the game is so you know it's it's actually really hard trying to find a good section of a game to show 20 minutes half an hour of a game so then i went on and this may still come out as i recorded um a testament of sherlock holmes play everything that's what we call that yeah with my wife, and that got content ID'd as well because the publisher apparently content IDs all of their games. So we'll see whether that ends up even making it and turning it into a extended series or not. Yeah, so we've uh, sent an email out. We're just asking them what their official policies are and seeing if we can get around that. Because, I mean, sometimes these things get content flagged automatically just because they've got algorithms yes. that go and look for it and something, and sometimes it's incorrect and sometimes it's not. Hopefully this is a case where we can argue for fair use yeah, it's not like we're putting their game up for other people to download and play. We're showing people what their game's like, and maybe they'll go out and buy it as a result of that. Yeah, just giving you some information to make an informed decision. Yep. We've got also a Mass Effect Andromeda Play Everything. Come at me, EA, if you want to content ID my video. Oh, yeah, they can content ID those badly animated faces. Mm. And also the badly textured beards. Yes. Yeah. So that's about so, it, yeah. and I'll most likely get to do the near... Uh, look at the game I'll probably go through the first level because that's I think that's the best way of showing a lot of what the game has to offer it's probably yeah. the first level it's got a lot of all the stuff all at the same time mm. that'll be cool make, um, make sure you fight that giant robot blade thing that you fight it <laughs> a few times the... from, from what I can yeah. remember alright well that's going to do it then thank you for listening again it's been another week hopefully uh, we can get some less stress out next week with all videos mm. and content IDs and things like that and we actually get down to playing some games yeah. uh, thank you for listening my name is David Shack. I'm here as always with Anthony Murphy and just remember we love that you love doing what you love thank you for listening see you later
You'll pry my YouTube channel from my cold dead hands. <laughs>